0: First off, an apology. We haven't put out an episode in too long and we hope you'll forgive us. We're looking forward though and excited to see what sort of new cannabis content we can cook up during this coronavirus pandemic. Thank you for listening and supporting this podcast and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Ever wondered why your skunk smells like skunk? Why your citrusy tangy smells like citrus? Why your schnozberries taste like schnozberries? While your high may be fueled in large part by THC and relaxation from CBD, as well as an ever-increasing number of other cannabinoids, it's time to dig deeper into what exactly is going on in the flower you desire. What is it about a strain that makes it more than just a buzz? Over the next three episodes, we're going to explore terpenes, the three R's of cannabis concentration, resin, live resin, and rosin, and explain why vape nation might be what you're looking for, not just in concentrates, but in your flower too. Although vape is considered a four-letter word in the wider public right now, it's important that we not cut off our noses to spite our face. We're going to look at what we can do to have our cannabis cake and eat it too, how we can use our understanding of terpenes to help us advance the best possible technology for medical patients and recreational users alike. We can't wait to get started, so let's grind it, roll it, and light up. Get ready, and welcome to the CanaCast. Today we're breaking down the science behind terpenes, what some of the major terpenes you might come across are, and how you can use them to find the best weed for your preferred effects and aesthetics. We're trying to tackle a big topic here that's going to take several episodes, so we're going to take it one step at a time. So to start, what is a terp? Have you ever stopped to smell the flowers? Not the dank kind, just regular, everyday flowers and plants. What'd you get a whiff of? Rose? Lilac? Pepper? Pine? Chlorophyll? Why do plants often smell the way they do to us? That's the question. The answer? Terpenes. Terpenes are naturally occurring chemicals that give plants their signature scents. A bunch of lovely lilac wafting across the grass does so because of the terpenes it contains. The next step of these smelly chemicals, though, are terpenoids. The same idea just add oxygen. We'll get to those later, though. Though you may or may not know it, terpenes are not exclusive to cannabis, although they've become the main focus of many efforts to isolate and recreate the aesthetics of strains we love. Terpenes rise up out of a plethora of plants. Pinene and pine, limonene in oranges, cariofilene and peppers. Terpenes pop up all over the place and give cannabis, as well as other plants, their unique scent. 20,000 different terpenes have been discovered so far, with over 200 different terpenes in cannabis alone. So while not unique to cannabis, an essential part of what makes weed weed and what defines your favorite strains as your favorite strains. Although we seek them out for their stanky, sweet savor, terpenes serve a useful purpose as well. In nature, Cannabis is a plant like any other, and its life cycle occurs regardless. When hot and cold weather temperatures open up and close the bud sites, it squeezes out terpenes along with cannabinoids and resinous substances to protect the plant from the elements, destructive predatory insects, and other creatures. Those terpenes not only encourage the creation of these seeds, but also protect the seeds in place so that they can survive until they work their way into a nice patch of soil for the next year. A fun evolutionary leap into the pipes of humans from ancient times to now, terpenes aren't cannabinoids like THC or CBD though. In fact, with the exception of karyophyllene, no known terpene is a cannabinoid, a chemical that acts on the body's endocannabinoid system. Although, since we're just beginning to identify all the various terpenes, there's a good chance there may be others we haven't discovered yet. The terpenes that naturally spill out of cannabis are also used as an attraction for pollinators to stop by early in the season and pollinate the buds. We forget, but these dense, stanky nugs of flower are called that for a reason. They are, indeed, the actual flower of the plant. That's why the introduction of sensomia or seedless buds, and the discovery of what pollination or the lack thereof could do for the final product, was such a big deal. Although we keep cannabis seedless for a quality experience, bud sites on female cannabis plants would normally start producing seeds, if pollinated by males, to spread those cannabis genetics far and wide. The seeds in your bud you might pick out of your average bag of discount grass clippings is the proof in the pudding, as it were. Low-quality, mass-grown grass that might have become contaminated will sometimes seed itself if not watched carefully by a grower. A hermaphrodite, or a female cannabis plant that turns male, or pollen from a pot plant next door or even several miles away, could contaminate an entire harvest. While our plants may want those terpenes for themselves, over time and discovery, and accident, we are continually discovering and rediscovering Further and further ways to refine weed. Terpenes are just one of those ways. Let's look at a few and put some names to smells and tastes. And, in doing so, better understand how it is we can all get better, more personalized experiences from our buzzes and our buds. Here are six key terpenes that will help you discern what it is you're experiencing. First up on our list, Myrcene. The most abundant primary terpene in your average cannabis strain at market, Myrcene is found in mangoes, thyme, and a variety of other strains. It's believed to have a calming and relaxing effect, and is also an antioxidant. This terpene vaporizes off at a temperature of 332 degrees Fahrenheit, part of the reason it's so widely selected for. It keeps its integrity better than some other more sensitive scents, and it won't be lost in your average cupboard. Out of the bottle, it provides a whiff of spices like cardamom and cloves, providing a musky, earthy tone for those looking for a deeper scent in their smoke. Next up, Limonene. The second most abundant terpene. Limonene is found in, you guessed it, oranges, and juniper. The fragrancy of that bottle of high-quality gin in part due to terpenes. Put a few orange rinds in a bit of boiling water on the stove, and you're on your way to experiencing the scent of this wonderfully soothing smell. In fact, limonene is so wonderful that it's often added to perfumes to provide uplifting, zesty notes, and also cleaning solutions as a degreaser. That pine sole that smells like oranges? Part of that's limonene. This terpene is also thought to provide stress relief and reveals itself in strains like wedding cake, do si and other fresh-scented strains. Limonene is also being studied for its effect to soothe obsessive-compulsive disorder as an antidepressant and even has been found to increase serotonin and dopamine levels in the brain, thus its soothing effects. Linalool, Although it may sound like an off-brand laundry detergent, This little doozy is found in lavender, and its soothing properties are easy to understand. Just grab yourself a little kosher kush and settle in for a scented experience that adds a tingly, musky scent that hangs heavy on the tongue and in your nose. It's easy to see what the appeal is if you look at its long-standing use in homeopathy as a helpful relief for depression and anxiety. Go down the cosmetics aisle, and it's a good bet that a fair number of lotions salves, and topicals provide linalool as an addition. Not only does it help the human body, protecting your immune system from stress, but it redistributes your white blood cell count. It doesn't just help people, though. linalool's antimicrobial properties are a boon to keep your cannabis plant healthy and happy. Pinene Pinene, that tricky-sounding terpene, is found in, you guessed it, pine trees. Yes, that sticky sap that comes off on your fingers when you climb a fir tree can be pretty valuable in certain strains. Not only does it protect pine trees, it can also be used by bugs to communicate. Ironic, since it's also an insect repellent to some. Now, what does pinene do for you? Pain and inflammation are eased with pinene, as well as your throat and lungs. Pinene is a bronchodilator, so if you're feeling a little congested, maybe give it a go to loosen you up. While Myrcene may be the most abundant terpene in your everyday cannabis strain, Pinene is the most abundant terpene found in nature. Blue Dream, O.G. Kush, both strains heavy in Pinene that you can try today. If you're looking for a taste of the great outdoors in your pipe, give one of these a go. Pinene can also be found in basil and rosemary, helping to add to any herb's herbal bouquet. Karyophyllene Karyophyllene is a spicy and unique terpene that you can find in black pepper, cloves, and other spices. But what's neat about this little number is that it is the only known terpene that's also a cannabinoid. While our other terpenes on this list work alongside but not on our endocannabinoid system, this nifty terpene is an anti-inflammatory that works like THC or CBD to go to work. Some high karyophylline strains are Girl Scout Cookies, Bubba Kush, and Sour Diesel. All great strains that contain karyophylline-dominant experiences. Last, but certainly not least, terpinolene. An interesting and rare little number, only 1 in 10 strains are terpinaline-dominant, with such favorites as Jack Herrera, Ghost Train Haze, and LSD, the strain, not the psychedelic, being terpinaline-dominant strain options. Thought to imbue an uplifting and euphoric effect and a fruity taste, terpinaline is found in nutmeg, apples, and lilac. The scent is a mix of smells that often elicit herbal and fruity perfumed notes in the strains it's found in. Take LSD, for example. The smell helps elicit the strain's unique musky notes, in combination with pinene and myrcene making the scent heavy and heady in the nostril and in the head, due to the combination of terpeniline with these other strains. We don't have time to go into every terpene, but those are the names you should know for now, more than enough to get started looking at what your favorite strains contain in terms of their terpene profiles, and to find other great strains that are similar, and different. Leafly has a great visual approximation of terpene profiles that you could use by visiting their website if you'd like an easier way to see it right in front of you. Again, and I can't emphasize this enough, while there are studies pointing to the potential validation of each one of these terpenes for amazing therapeutic purposes, and several that have indeed been validated outside of their cannabis use, cannabis research is still in its infancy and we don't concretely know how all of these chemicals function together. These descriptions are intended to give you a best idea of what these terpenes do, what they're used for, and most importantly, how you can use them to find new strains for yourself. Do not self-diagnose yourself with terpene oils in your coffee. It's a bad idea. When going to your local dispensary, Make sure that you ask about terpene profiles and their percentages in your weed. And if they don't have that information, ask them to start putting it in with lab-verified results. The cannabis industry is extremely new, and consumers have a disproportionate amount of power to put pressure on cannabis producers, sellers, and legislators to create maximum transparency so that you know what you're putting in your body. Terpenes look like they might end up being just as, if not more important to our personal experiences with cannabis than THC and CBD are now. It's important to make sure that the strains you're receiving are the strains you're receiving, and one way that they can be verified is with lab-tested information about terpene percentages on the outside. Call your state legislator or your state senator today if you live in a state with legalized cannabis and ask them to place labels with terpene profiles on the side of all cannabis products. Now, for practical advice on how to keep your pot pungent. Terpenes are a super-volatile substance. That's part of the reason why your weed may not be keeping as well as you'd wish. Above 70 degrees Fahrenheit temperature, some terpenes begin to degrade and fall apart, not only killing smell, but potency as well. An important part of your cannabis experience, terpenes make sure that you're feeling the singular effects of certain strains, but also influence how you smoke and how you consume it as well. The smell that comes off the smoke, the taste in your mouth, all due to terpenes, and an important part of keeping your experience as consistent as possible. Some terpenes start to turn off at 70 degrees, but others, as we've noted, start to turn off at the boiling point of THC, all the way up to 314 degrees Fahrenheit. The range is wide, but for home storage, try to place your cannabis in a place cool enough to keep the integrity of your bud. That not only helps you, but your grower as well. We suggest 58 to 62 degrees to keep your cannabis at peak deliciousness. Craft cannabis growers work hard to create the best bud possible. It seems a shame to let it go to waste before you even get the chance to enjoy it, especially since terpenes help out smaller cannabis farmers distinguish their products and strains from commercially grown products of lower quality. Proper storage is essential for terpenes to maintain their integrity. Also make sure that you keep your nugs in an airtight container so that that smell can circulate inside and keep your bud at maximum enjoyability. Just because you can't smell them, though, doesn't mean that they don't still exist. Strains might not smell the hottest in the jar, but they can still pack a punch. Just because a strain doesn't smell great right off the bat, doesn't mean it won't serve up a great good smoke or high when consumed. Not all that's Acapulco gold smacks of skunk. If you want to know exactly what you're in for, break apart a nice big bud with your fingers and take a big whiff. Cannabis dries from the outside in, and oftentimes, those lovely aromas get a little trapped inside. You can also take a big old whiff out of your grinder once you get a nice sticky stash sliced up. Terpenes are a big first step, and they're complicated. But we're well on our way now to explaining not just how we can bring vapes into the mainstream, but how we can use them for medicine instead of maliciously. Vapes are a scary thing for a lot of people, and a lot of illegal and even legal ones can have serious health repercussions because of how they're made and what goes into them. But they also might be a way for us to not only provide medicine in a healthier way, but a more discreet one. Not only that, as crazy as it sounds, it might help us to better combat the coronavirus. So what can you do to keep terpenes in your toke? And why might the coronavirus hate cannabis? We're going to check it out on the next episode of the CannaCast, where we're going to talk about the best methods to keep terps in your tokes, why vapes might be healthier than you think, and what we can do to take the best of all worlds. Next time on the CannaCast. Before we go, though, something new. We're going to have a strain of the week on every new episode. Why? Well, here at the CannaCast, we believe that it's always important to try new things. Food, music, and cannabis, too. Our first strain of the week is a classic, and a great choice for an old-school indica if you're looking for a couch-locked, chronic stone of old. Afghani or Afghani Kush A land race indica from the mountainous border of Pakistan and Afghanistan, this strain has been cultivated, bred, and refined to become one of these strains for hashish and old-school dry-sift concentrates. Rocking a myrcene-dominant profile with limonene and karyophylline as the backup, the plant tastes like the quintessential, earthy, herbal indica we all think of when we want to just quit worrying for a moment and relax. 14-19% THC, depending on who you buy it from. This strain can levitate you while still locking you tight to the couch, particularly because of its hashy, resiny outside. Looking to break down some of your next harvest for easy storage? Try growing a couple of Afghani plants and using that sweet, trichome-rich bud as a great resource to make dry sift or bubble hash. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Keep calm and toke on through this coronavirus emergency if you can. And remember, there's no can't in cannabis. If you'd like to support this podcast, consider donating a dollar a month to our Patreon. You only pay if we produce content, and it's only half the price of a cup of coffee. Also, consider sharing not on social media, but with a friend you think might enjoy this podcast or has been looking for a way to learn more about cannabis. Link in the description for the Patreon. And if you have a question about the show, a suggestion for an episode subject, a person you think we should interview, or want to let us know what you think? Shout us out on Twitter or Instagram at thecannapodcast. That's at p o t c a s t. Or send us an email at the canna podcast at gmail.com.